0: Remarkable accomplishments are happening every day on the Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College campuses, from faculty instruction and research to student projects and community involvement. CMU Now is a monthly segment on the KAFM Community Affairs Hour, where we interview faculty, staff, athletic coaches, and students to keep you up to date on all things CMU and WCCC. I'm Caitlin Birdsall along with my co-host Kelsey Coleman. We will have a couple guests on the show today and our first guest is CMU Vice President for Academic Affairs, Dr. Kurt Haas. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. As we're all getting ready and prepped for the fall semester, I think we're only about six weeks out, if I'm not mistaken. I
1: think that's right. That's scary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I can't believe it. Well, let's dive right in. Um, So, CMU offers more than 100 programs at the associate, certificate, bachelor's, master's and doctoral levels, and our programs span everything from computer science and engineering to math and statistics to nursing. We offer a really wide breadth of programs, and I thought it would be interesting to talk about how do we decide what new programs to add, and what is that process like?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, so it starts with somebody perceives a need, right? And that may be someone in the community comes to us. It may be a faculty member. It may be somebody in administration. Um, You know, I've kind of seen that from from all different directions. You know, I think, for example, the, the PA program, I think, came from conversations that President Foster had with doctors in the community, you know, and. Um, and, and that's how you plant the seed, right? It's is just someone perceives a need, and that can be you know anybody from a student to a faculty member, like I say, or, or to someone in the community. The, from there, the process kind of varies then. And, and we're, in most cases, we do a formal kind of needs analysis. You know, so we'll send out surveys to folks. Um, we'll do interviews. Um, I'm gonna talk about the uh, criminal justice masters in a minute. You know, you kind of send out communication to leaders in the fields locally and say, hey, um, we, we have a perceived need of this kind of program. Um, what's your sense of the demand? Who would use it? Do we have a, an actual um, you know, cohort of students, at least initially, that we think we'd, would use, need that program? Um, and then from there, it goes through kind of a lengthy and uh, boring, I, I, I don't want to spend <laughs> 20 minutes of talking about our curriculum process, which is incredibly glorious. Uh, but you probably don't want all of the details on that. Uh, but it goes through our curricular process. Uh, you know, faculty develop the curriculum in, in concert, some, oftentimes with uh, industry leaders and that sort of thing. Or sometimes there's just a, a kind of standard curriculum nationwide for it. Um, it goes through that process. Uh, new programs are always approved, including their budget by the board of trustees. And, uh, and then we get them in the books, get them in the catalog, and, and put them up usually the next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really love that, you know, when you think about that, that how integrated CMU is with the community. I mean, that's what we're looking at is what are the needs and what are the programs that will help our students pursue successful jobs and careers after they graduate? It's not where we're like, oh, let's just add this program. This sounds like a good one that we like, that there's so much thought and research and analysis that goes in on the back end to make sure that our students have a career path and field to go into after they graduate and that it helps out our community in the long run too yeah
1: absolutely you know and, and we will you know we probably have programs that are um, very kind of locally focused in a lot of ways i mean i think wccc is particularly designed to like have that kind of immediate industry kind of focus mm-hmm. um you know the flip side of that is we will make sure we're committed to our students and uh you know so we want to make sure we're feeding the employment needs of the community, but also kind of an eye on all right. Well, what do our students want, mm-hmm. right? And and you know sometimes that may even take them out of the the Grand Valley, which is okay. But we want to make sure we're we're keeping both kind of sides of the equation in mind.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and let's go back to the Masters in Criminal Justice program for a minute because uh, I'm guessing there there's a need for that mm-hmm. in in the area. Can you talk about that and and how? What does this new program entail? What, what does it mean to get a master's in criminal justice? What can our students do with it?
1: Yeah, so in a lot of ways, that that is, that's actually a really good example of the process that um, Caitlin was just asking me about as well, right? Where uh, we had, in this case, it was a perceived need, I think, from our faculty uh, that we had a lot of students graduating, graduating with criminal justice degrees. Um, they go out in the field, they're very successful. They get um, jobs in courts or as police officers. Um, but there is a you know, it's not a field where you're required to have a master's um, at most levels of it, but um, the question became, all right, well, how do we feed that need for an extra credentialing amongst folks in the community and give that opportunity both to our students and kind of provide that added leadership? Um, And so, you know, faculty kind of uh, drummed up this program or, you know, looked for models for that program and then began doing the surveying of local leaders in criminal justice to, uh, to to identify that need.
2: Let's talk about a master's degree. You know, I mm-hmm. I think we live in a world where people are are thinking about higher education and these different degrees and what what suits them and their needs and how can they be competitive in the workforce. And I think uh, master's programs are a great way to to not only gather the need the education that you need, but really give you that upper level kind of advantage over other. Yeah. Other people.
1: I mean, I, you know, and, and in some cases they are, you know, as in kind of some of these professional programs that we're adding in, you know, PA down the road, hopefully PT and OT, um, in physical therapy and occupational therapy. Uh, those are, you know, those are just the, that's your ticket into the field, right? You just can't participate there. But I think what you're talking about, this is true of like the C, this criminal justice degree, it's true of an MBA, for example, it's this, how do you get that next credential that sets you apart? Um, you know, I think the pandemic has reset some of the kind of the thinking around higher ed, but um, I would bargain, I'd bet that if you looked out 20 years from now, in some ways, the master's becomes the new bachelor's, um, at least in some professions, right? And so it's that um, as we become more and more specialized and, and folks' jobs require more and more higher level skills, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, master's degrees are going to be a great way for individuals to kind of, to, to get that leg up.
0: Yeah. Well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our first guest today is CMU Vice President for Academic Affairs, Dr. Kurt Haas.
2: So I'm I'm not originally from here, and I know when I moved here and I started working at CMU, I, I found that there were a lot of programs that were specific to this area, which was really cool to learn. You know, I'm thinking about the outdoor rec uh,
0: yeah.
2: program, and is that is that typical with higher education or is that something you know CMU is like hey we see this we're going after it probably every
1: institution has some programs that are unique when they can at least right that are unique to their area I I think that outdoor rec program though that's something that um you know there had been variations on that for years and years that had kind of come and gone and they had ventured to western actually and that sort of thing and we finally came back around uh found sarah schrader who's done a good, great job of kind of coordinating our and, and getting that programming up and going um and really developed this this degree that is you know as you know right we've got you know our students want to work out there in the outdoors right um and local industry was telling us well that's great but we need to have some skills here right but it's an it's a really I don't want to say weird skill set. I'll get in trouble with somebody, but it is a weird (laughs) skill set. It's, it's, Hey, how do you rescue people? How do you, do you, are you a person that can, uh, whatever, understand environmental law and also know how to keep people safe on a raft trip? Right. And that's an oversimplification, but it it is, it is a wonky skill set. Um, and it's one that people just kind of would, you know, you know, you can work in that industry with different kinds of degrees, but I think we've developed one that really kind of allows people to kind of put a foot in in both worlds, right? And so that's a good example of your degree that's, um, yeah, well-designed, I think, for our region.
0: Yeah, and leading into that too, I mean, one other aspect that I know I love about CMU and all of our programs and faculty members is that their focus is in the classroom and on the students But we also do encourage our faculty members to complete research. And I'm always so amazed when I get to tell the stories and interview different faculty members about what they're working on. And I think that it'd be helpful for the KFM listeners to hear a little bit more about what our faculty are doing in regards to research and how they're pulling students into those experiences um, and what's happening here in the community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a lot of stuff going on. I'll I'll no doubt... um, forget some, so apologies to anybody that's listening that goes, wait, why didn't you talk about my cool research project? Uh, But, you know, in the summer, uh, we have students who, um, uh, the Sakamano Foundation sponsors biology students who who work um, individually with faculty members. That goes on during the school year, but it also is an ongoing research in the summer. Um, those are fantastic opportunities for students. Um, we always have some geology kind of field research kind of things going on. Um, wait, that's another example of a program that's in that category of, of uh, you know cool programs that are uniquely designed for us. Um, short sidebar: When I interview geology faculty, you know, and it's always kind of a yeah, you know, you're 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 trying to get people to come, but you're also recruiting them as well, right? Here's all the cool things that are about CMU. Um, I don't have to recruit because they go they're already start they're already awestruck because the geology is just they look out the window and there's the book cliffs and it's like
2: wow yeah. this is the you place know. this yeah. is the place
0: yeah. to be yeah, or exactly. it's yeah. funny you mentioned that my cousin actually came here for when was in the geology program and we were driving back to Denver one time and as we were driving he's like pointing out yeah. he's like this this rock this 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 is this and that and I was like this is amazing that you yeah. know all of this and he was like it's the best location for that type of a program
1: yeah our geologists are brilliant um and uh and they're uh they are uh Glad to be here mm-hmm. as well, I think, for the for the, for the most part. Um, all right, where'd we go from the sidebar? There? Research. Research, yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah, so we always have lots going on there. Um, I, I queried some faculty about uh, just kind of what they were doing, you know, what are, what are some cool stuff you're doing? Because a lot of times summer is the time when a faculty member can, like, pursue their individual research projects as well. And, you know, so for instance, Dr. Reitenbach from math uh, says, well, I'm working on some teacher-based research uh, about, uh, now, Dr. Reitenbach gets three sentences into his explanation, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm not there. Right? It's higher-level math, but it's about programming languages and how you can use those to teach abstract math theory, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, cool. and that's some stuff that, you know, while you're grading stacks of math papers, you can't quite focus on and work on, but the summer provides faculty an opportunity to kind of really um, sharpen that stuff up and, and uh, get it ready for publication, which which he's done there. you know. And there's a ton of that kind of stuff going on in the summer.
0: Yeah, as I was say, I know in uh, one of our most recent Maverick Magazine editions, we covered Danita Weeks and her research with boreal toads, and again, it was just really fascinating and getting to hear what she's doing in curing this fungal disease that was killing boreal toads, and that's happening right here at CMU and in yeah. Grand Junction, Colorado. Yeah, and
1: and so that great citizen scientist kind of thing going on there with uh, mm-hmm. uh, rounding up the toads, right?
2: Are there any? Programs that you want to mention that you want to shout out to this community and say hey we have this if you don't know about it.
1: Yeah well you know one of the things that I'm interested in is yeah we do have these programs that connect to the outdoors and that's definitely part of who we are. Uh, we are also though an intellectual and cultural center for the region that's embedded in our strategic plan. It's hard for me to imagine it wouldn't always be embedded in our strategic plan. Uh, we have this amazing kind of set of arts and humanities uh, programs and faculty uh, that our role as that kind of um, intellectual center um, allows us to do well, right? So while a lot of folks are kind of backing off theater programs, uh, our theater program did amazing things during the pandemic, um, you know, with uh, just kind of really creative production values, and we have fantastic faculty there. Um, You know, you go into programs that you don't traditionally think about as being opportunities that are grand junction type opportunities, but you look at the history program, for instance, we've got a well-published faculty there, Professor Weingard, best-selling book on mosquitoes, right? Um, Our English faculty, um, students who get English majors here work on uh, all sorts of uh, kind of hands-on journal editing, that kind of thing. We've got Fulbright scholars there, um, just really kinds of a variety of amazing opportunities there. Fantastic art faculty, you know, those are really places where um, I think we provide a great set of opportunities for our students. And of course, I, I should note that. All our programs are kind of like my children i love them all but so i'm just i'm just throwing out some of them today
2: well and i mean the arts are alive they're not dead right i think that's a a good point to make is that um not well and they got us through the pandemic right i mean music television like all this all everything artistic and and people were able to flourish you know people got creative during the pandemic and i think it's a testament to cmu to say hey we we support the arts and and we're going to keep going that way.
1: I mean, our our university is such an amazing kind of repository for talent in that way, Um, and we continue to bring it in. I mean, you know, so we just, uh, one of our new faculty that we're bringing in is a a keyboardist uh, from Columbia who's been a professional keyboardist there, Um, and we're kind of venturing more into commercial music because I think those are kinds of the opportunities that students in in music will need going forward in a kind of 21st century environment, uh, which is another thing that we do is we try and keep our curriculum up to date. And so that's really been a... uh, um, you know, so, so yeah, we've got this vibrant faculty, incredibly high skilled um, that um, I, you know, our students really should take advantage of.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great way to end this segment today. So thank you so Good. much for coming on and taking the time out of your schedule. Cause like I said, I know we're all busy prepping and getting ready for the fall 2021 semester. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks well,
2: for having
1: me.
0: Great. Well, don't go anywhere because after a short break, we'll be right back with assistant athletic director of student success and compliance, Austin Kaiser. Now, a monthly show where we talk about the remarkable, remarkable work happening at Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College. We'd like to welcome our second guest today, Assistant Athletic Director of Student Success and Compliance, Austin Kaiser. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, so we're going to switch it up from academics to athletics.
2: I like right.
3: it. <laughs> Let's talk about sports.
2: Well, before we dive into athletics, Completely. I was walking through Bronson Arena the other day, and we have this trophy case, and I saw your name on a trophy, and I thought, wait, what's going on here? So you are actually an alum and played on the baseball team. Not only played, but obviously you were successful because I saw a trophy. What did that mean? (laughs) Tell us about that.
3: Yeah. uh, I knew you were going to bring this up. (laughs) Um, Yes. uh, Fortunate to... Being an alum of CMU and, and have a great experience as a baseball student-athlete uh, was also very fortunate and um, very humbled to receive the National Player of the Year Award uh, my senior year and back in 2014. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty incredible and to this day I look back at that and don't quite Understand how that all came together, but here we are now and uh, I think the coolest part is I'm no longer the only one to have received that award uh, we just had a young man on our baseball team uh, win the same award so Super excited for him. I think it just speaks to the tradition of that program.
2: Well, what's it like? I mean, you know You you go to undergrad here you play You play on a sports team you understand the culture and now here you are there you're helping student athletes mm-hmm. continue continue that momentum and in in, in in kind of a your a leader in for them to look up to
3: yeah that's the best part of my job is the relatability that i'm able to have with these student athletes i've walked in their shoes um i've been fortunate or you know i was fortunate to do it at a high level and be successful in it and um my background is not the same of every as everybody's, and I understand that. You know, my experience is not the same as everybody's, and I understand that. However, I'm able to share a lot of common ground with them, and and speak to, you know, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're coming from, let's talk about some strategies of how you can be a successful student athlete here, and really leave with a positive experience. Um, when I mean. My, my highest story of relatability is about that senior year and the success that I had, and I thought I was going to have the opportunity to, propo- to play professionally. That ended up not happening. Um, two reasons I don't know the answer to, but especially for the, the male student-athletes that are really striving for that, I want that for them. I support them in that. Anything I can do to help them get there is... I, I want to be part of that, but it does help give the perspective of, but let's think about life after sports and let's make sure that you are doing the things that you need to do to be successful at the day that you hang it up, no matter when that happens.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we talk a lot about student athletes, and there's a reason and a purpose that we refer to them as student athletes. That That's what I like about CMUs. we place the emphasis on you are a student first and an athlete second. And it's amazing what our students can do. We have so many talented students who are operating at this really high level and they are quality athletes. But like you said, at the end of the day that most of them are probably not going to advance on to the professional level. And so we need to make sure that they're in the classroom being involved, balancing their time between athletics and academics, and that they're really pursuing their academic Dreams as well, since that's probably what's going to propel them forward after their time at CMU.
3: Absolutely, and and you know I've kind of come to a spot too that I think the habits that you develop in learning to be successful as a student and an athlete are really what prepare you as much as anything to be successful in life after sports. Yep. And so finding ways to intertwine that into conversations with the student athletes is uh, enjoyable for me and. Um, I'm really proud of our student athletes and what they do in the classroom. We had a athletic department GPA of three point one seven this last spring, um, with and with over seven hundred student athletes. Like that's a big accomplishment. So well,
2: and I, I think that's that's like COVID world too, right? I mean yeah, yeah. that, <laughs> that mean, makes it we, even harder.
3: Yeah, I mean we weren't absent of uh, quarantines and um, different academic dynamics that were having to be juggled this last spring so again I'm, I'm very proud of them it's it's fun to be part of their successes
0: yeah um and so speaking of covid we're coming out of the restrictions the lockdowns and you know our students are going to be able to compete this year and i think one thing i wanted to make sure that our kfm listeners know is we want the community involved with cmu athletics that we want to see them in the stands cheering at the game so can you just maybe chat a little bit more about how community members can be involved or support our student athletes well they
2: don't have to be alums you know like we're a part of this this larger community this family and so you don't it's not like you had to go to school there to be able to cheer on uh, some of these athletes
3: definitely not definitely not um yes fall is exciting we are so excited for the fall uh we feel like we are returning back to normal in so many ways um there are definitely still covid uh
0: Protocol, Protocol in mm-hmm. place
3: and and standards that we're going to have to adhere to and, and be careful of. But by and large, it's going to be it's going to feel normal. Football is going to feel relatively normal. Um, soccer, volleyball. So there is a lot to be excited about. Um, we do have a very prominent sports culture and a culture of excellence in our athletic department. And so, you know, for the community members, whether they're alum or not, I. I hope that that's part of the intrigue is that they can go to any CMU Maverick sporting event and hopefully have a good experience. Doing part to one, our staff doing a great job of making sure that this that the um, attendee experience is good. But then also, by and large, they're seeing a winning product mm-hmm. on the court or on the field, and so you know that's that's why we do what we do is to be part of those experiences and to really. Do our part to help the student athlete have that experience, and so any time that fans come and be part of that, you know that's an added bonus for us, and that's what we want. I mean, we we want these student athletes to feel loved, and so any so, anything so, we can do about so come, that, show work for it. Yeah, for come show the love, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, come show the love.
0: Well, great. Well, you are listening to CMU now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our second guest today is Assistant Athletic Director of Student Student Success and Compliance, Austin Kaiser.
2: And correct me if I'm wrong, but we have 26 varsity sports. Is that right?
0: I'm pretty sure that's the yes. number. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, Caitlin
2: definitely knows. Yes, I know. <laughs> 26
3: varsity
0: sports.
2: Um, and so within that, we have a lot of new head coaches coming on this year, which is exciting. Can you kind of mention who those are, what sports they're, they're leading?
3: Absolutely. Excuse me. Um, so let's just look at the fall alone. I think the fall brings a lot of excitement. First and foremost, uh, Coach Jackson has – first year was last year however this will be his first full season
0: as our head football coach as
3: our head football coach yes um so really excited for that uh also in the fall we just hired a new cross-country head coach his name is shane nixick he's an alum of cmu and we're excited to have him back um we just hired a new triathlon head coach uh her name is kinsey lane and She's an incredible uh, individual to talk to. She was a professional triathlete for five years. She's done like four Ironmans, like just an incredible (laughs) specimen (laughs) of an individual. Uh, We also have two new head soccer coaches, uh, John Friedel and uh, Megan Remick coming from Eastern New Mexico, John and Metro State uh, Megan. So, I mean, even in, in that bunch alone in the fall, there's a lot of excitement to be have. And then, of we have Dave Fleming our volleyball coach who's, who's the, the 15 year vet out of that group but is coming off of a spring where his team was ranked number one in the country at one point. So we're really excited. I think there's there's a lot to look forward to this upcoming fall obviously for a lot of reasons, but fresh coaches brings new excitement and and uh, even for the student athletes, you know you, you tend to see a different side of them a little bit in the first year of a head coach. Yeah.
0: And so we were talking earlier and you mentioned the excellence in our athletics at CMU. And I think we couldn't have the show today without mentioning that we had six national champions, um, which is amazing in itself. We also had our first women's champions that we've ever had at the national level. Um, And we had two student athletes that qualified for the Olympic trials, I believe. So. I mean, all of that, again, it's coming out of Grand Junction, Colorado, Colorado Mesa University. So I was hoping you could just chat a little bit more about our national champions in the Olympic trial um, student athletes.
3: Um, ah, Gosh, I love talking about this stuff. This is so fun. Um, The women's four by four national championship at indoor track uh, was a that's a big milestone. I mean, that is that's a that's another check in the box that we didn't have um very proud of them the coaches going into that i mean they would tell me hey our four by four is really good like i I really think that they could do something but it's just hard to know you know and it's a national competition um because of covid they had two heats of the event and they were in the slower heat so to actually run the time that they got in the slower heat and win the national title is an impressive feat so it was it was cool to be part of that virtually. We weren't able to attend, but um, really proud of those young ladies. And then I'll just shift over to the Olympic side of things briefly. Uh, Marissa Gallegos, a women's wrestler, and Lily Borgenheimer, a, a female swimmer, going to the Olympic trials. Um, just great representatives of, of Colorado Mesa University. Marissa Gallegos is one of the most impressive athletes I've ever watched just train and prepare just her mental fortitude is pretty incredible so it's it's great to see that work pay off and then Lily's just a fish in the pool and <laughs> um is incredible to watch swim truly
2: well and i mean i hate to state the obvious but we're a D2 school but our athletes are winning national championships they're going to the olympic trials so i mean wow what a what a testament to the athletic department that we are getting the best athletes out there. They're coming here there. Some of them are from here and the coaches, the staff, like it's just a really good place to be. That's fostering these student athletes. So kudos to you and your team.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Um, we have to mention really quick, we're running out of time, but there's some upgrades to some of our facilities. So all these fans that are going to show up this year are going to get to see some, some new changes. And then in the future as well.
3: Definitely. Uh, First and foremost, uh, soccer lacrosse field. We got some new turf on that. So it's all bright and beautiful. A couple slight changes that are appealing to the eye. Um, I mean, the biggest construction that I think fans will notice is on Orchard Avenue. Our our practice baseball field that has been that way forever is now turning into an on campus stadium, uh, which is really amazing i mean i'm a baseball alum right so i I obviously am excited about that but um, to be able to give you know those student athletes a place to play on campus is going to be a real treat on top of that though um, i mean the maverick pavilion is becoming a permanent building with some more space um, not only for the student athletes but for athletic training i mean that's a major aspect to these athletes success is these auxiliary services so strength and conditioning and athletic training and so there's going to be some more space provided in that building uh, to be able to accommodate that. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of, of Rob and Brian, our uh, head athletic director and assistant AD for facilities and events. Um, but between them and and the guys on campus, Dave Detweiler and the facilities department, they just, they're committed to really helping our facilities be uh, as great as they can. And ultimately it all boils down to giving the athletes the best experience that we can give them
0: awesome well thank you so much austin for coming on the show today and chatting with us and the kfm listeners about athletics yeah, You're very welcome great thank, thank you, you so for much. having me great well this segment airs on the second tuesday of each month on kafm community radio you can also listen to a podcast of today's show at kafmradio.org. i'm your host caitlin birdsall along with my co-host kelsey coleman and we'll be back next month for another edition of cmu now on the community affairs hour